Welcome into another episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers in freight, hosted by me, Blythe Brimleave. And on this show, we're telling the stories about how your favorite stuff and people make it from point A to B. In today's show, we're doing something new where we pick the best interviews from the industry's thought leaders and create a mashup of these episodes that you can listen over a period of time. That way, if you want a crash course in, say, autonomous trucks or what shippers want out of the 3PL partnership, you can listen to one long-form episode instead of having to dig through our library of you know 250-plus episodes at this time of recording. So all of these episodes that you're going to listen to today are from within the last year. So hopefully the insights from these folks will help you map out what your next year looks like. So with all that said, let's get into it. This week, we're going to kind of wrap it all up and we're going to talk about the freight tech companies. And the way that I'm going to think about this is the methodology behind this is that it's, it's challenging to, to find these top companies that are you know doing a lot of really cool things. So basically, what we have to do is use the resources, use the list that are already out there. And one great list that's already out there that has been voted on by a lot of industry folks all across the com- all across the country is the 2022 Freightways Top 25 list of freight tech companies. Now, I believe voting is currently going on for this year's nominees, which will be announced at F3 come November. That's the Future of Freight Festival that's happening in Chattanooga in November. If you haven't got your tickets, that's going to be one of the must-attend events all uh, really out of the entire year that's going to be a must-attend event. So voting, I think, is currently going on right now. If it's not, it will start soon. So, But this list, what we're going to be talking about is the list that was voted on last year. So it's the most recent list of data that we got. But what makes this kind of exciting is that these are the freight tech companies are arguably the companies that are going to treat digital marketing the most serious. So they're going to be the most invested in media marketing and their website because really like their survival sort of depends on it, getting that awareness out there, getting visitors to their site and getting those visitors to convert and turn into a prospect, turn into a lead, and then ultimately become a customer. So this is where we're really going to get sort of that that really good look at how digital marketing is really being treated by people who are highly focused in the technology space. But with all of that said, after doing this research, there are still so many gaps that need to be filled. And a lot of SMBs, a lot of small small to medium-sized businesses, even large businesses can take advantage of these gaps that are being missed all across different segments of the industry. So whether you're a carrier, 3PL, or a freight tech company, or a service provider, you're, you're bound to find some useful insight from this particular episode because it definitely applies to all segments. But specifically, I think it's more fun to look at the freight tech side of things because of that overall just greater importance on the media and and the marketing side of things. So with all that said, I am only one person. So don't come for me. If I make a mistake, slightly make a mistake, this is based on research that I'm doing as a one-person team managing a business on top of that and hosting this show. So uh, hopefully I didn't miss anything. I did you know, double and triple check to make sure I got a lot of these things right. But if you see something that maybe I have missed or think or have something that you think that I should know about, please send it my way. You can find all of my social media uh, accounts. You can you know email me. All of that is available on the Everything is Logistics domain. So everything is logistics.com. Go find me there. And you can send me these examples of freight marketing or just great marketing that you think that more companies should be implementing. So with all that said, let's talk about the elephant in the room and that a recession is here. 
And with marketing in particular, marketing for a lot of companies is a is an extra. It's not a main focus. And so when anytime that cost-cutting initiatives come into play, marketing is typically the first thing that is cut. Whether it's positions or whether it's ad spend or content marketing spend, there's probably going to be some budget cuts being made if they haven't been made already. And usually, I speak from experience, marketing is the first thing to go. That's why you see across this industry, not necessarily with freight tech, but that's why you see across this industry so many different marketers that are working as a one-person team. They're likely managing several other different roles within the organization and marketing is just kind of thrown at them. That was my experience and that's continuously the experience that I see for a lot of marketers out there. But no matter what size business you're in, no matter what kind of team you're structured in, there are still ways to win online. And a lot of these things are going to become increasingly more important as staff shrinks, as budget shrinks. And until we find out where this sort of new normal is going to end up, then you should be looking at everything that you're doing in your marketing mix and in your tech stack in order to find those ways for the find the low-hanging fruit. So first, let's talk about some of the cooler things that I saw within the freight tech space. So we talked about that top 25 list, but let's talk about what happens whenever you're actually arriving on one of these websites within that top 25 list. And the most essential thing is to book a meeting. The book a meeting CTA. CTA stands for call to action. It's usually the button that appears in the upper right-hand corner of a website. Now, the reason that it appears in the upper right-hand corner of a website is that typically that first frame of a website that you see, that's called that hero section. You see a headline and then your eyes gaze to the right. This is, this is why websites are designed this way is that you read the headline, your eyes continue to gaze to the right and you see that main call to action. That's why it's placed there. But then you also have the situation where you read in a almost like a sideways triangle format where left to right, and then you go back over. And that's why you commonly will see a CT, another CTA below that headline text. So you read the headline first, and then you see the CTA. And then in case you didn't see it again, or in case there's another CTA that draws your attention more, it's going to be in one of those two places, 90 probably 90% of the time. So with the with keeping that in mind, all of these freight tech companies follow that f- follow that model as far as trying to get your attention. But there were a few of them that stood out to me and the first one I want to point out to is Project 44. You didn't even have to leave their homepage. Once you click on that button, if you're looking at the screen right now, you'll see that's that that's their hero section that is on the first thing that you see when you get to the project 44 website is that hero section now on the right hand side you'll see a large form that that is fills up the screen from top to bottom now that form immediately pops out as soon as you click on the the schedule a demo CTA that's in the upper right hand corner now this pops out and you don't even have to go to another page so that's what i like about this particular example is that they're making it stupid easy to in order for somebody to arrive to their site and then to get the main action completed of what Project 44 wants that user to do. So that's a really good example. The next example that I want to give is for Kites because their demo page takes it up a notch. So once you click on it, they take you to a brand new page. Now, if you're looking at this page, there is a very simple form that's on the left-hand side of the page. It asks for your first Ask for your full name, your business email, company name, phone number, and then additional comments. But on the right-hand side, they have a video that plays that covers some of the common questions or the common 
features that they get a lot of questions about within their platform. So if somebody is just browsing and they're not exactly sure if they want to book a meeting yet, they just kind of want to check around and poke around to see if this is the right solution for them, they have that video right there to answer any more of those concerns that a visitor might have or questions that they might have before they actually set up a meeting. So that solution might be right for them or it might not be a good fit for them. But that video is going to help entice them either way in order to complete that form and then to set up that meeting. Now, if you have this option on your site, the next level that you could do is once the user does what you want them to do and actually fills out the form, that next step, I think, is one that we can optimize a little bit more. And a good example of that, we'll go back to Project 44 for a second because they have a really great thank you page that's on there. After you fill out a form, they let you know, hey, thank you. We're going re- you know, to reach out to you as soon as possible. But until then... Here is some relative content that we think that you will like. Now, you can do this in in one of two ways. You can just sort of show like a FAQ article or a, you know, just a general overview article, but you could take it up a notch by in the fir- in the field of the form that that person is filling out. They're likely going to fill out if they're a technology provider, if they're a 3PL, if they're a carrier, if they're, you know, some other, you know, version of the in another industry segment then you can show them customized content depending on the type of segment that they fall into. So that's taking it up a notch. So it's kind of like setting up dependencies based on the kind of segment that that user falls into and then showing them the relevant content that could answer you know, additional questions and, and really optimizing that flow for getting the visitor to your site getting them to take the action that they want to take, and then giving them information while they wait for the scheduling gaps. Because that's where I'm going to cover next. Because there is a little bit of a gap here, no matter what company that I, out of all the carriers and the brokers and the freight tech companies that I've looked at for these stories over the last few weeks, none of them are using calendar booking tools. And that to me is the biggest gap where a lot of companies can take advantage of today. Now, if you're thinking of like a, a your HubSpot calendar, if you're a HubSpot user, another solution is a, a tool like Calendly, where you have these built-in calendars and you can sync your sales team emails and your sales team calendars to this solution for like a hundred bucks a year and you save a considerable amount of money, but also you put the power in the user's hands that when they're arriving to your, their, your site and they've decided, hey, I want to have a meeting with you guys, you're removing that extra barrier of having to communicate back and forth of when is a good time to meet. Instead, that Calendly calendar or HubSpot calendar can then sync up the availability, the, the, the time that is in your calendar, in your company's calendar. It can sync it up to only show available times to that prospect that is on your website. So you can skip all of the back and forth, you know, what day, what time is good for you. And they can immediately book a meeting and they can get on the phone or they can get on a, you know, a quick Zoom and then have that conversation and they can do it on their own terms. And that's one less thing that they have to worry about. I cannot believe that more companies in the space are not doing this. It drives me crazy because this is an inefficient... This is the biggest inefficiency that I see online is the easiest to fix. And it's one of those things that it's most affordable too. It's just, I think, I, I, I don't know why more companies aren't doing this. Maybe it's a lack of knowledge. Maybe it's a lack of awareness. Or, or maybe it's just a matter of that they haven't just audited this flow in a long time. But that is a huge gap that the SMBs or even large businesses, really any, any 
any business in any industry should be taking advantage of this because these tools are so advanced. Because everybody's working from home, these tools are much more uh, business friendly in order to, to help streamline a lot of these efforts. So that's one big gap that I see missing. Another big gap I see missing, and you have heard me talk about this on several different shows, is the field, how did you hear from, How did you hear about us? The how did you hear about us is the most important thing you need to be adding to your website today. And the reason that you, you want to do this is because it gives you so much more insight versus a typical attribution report. Now, for modern B2B buying habits, a lot of these attribution software platforms, so think about you know Marketo, uh, Sixth Sense, uh, HubSpot, a lot of them provide great intent data, but what they don't, where they're missing the mark and where it's not really trackable is to find out what is resonating the most with your audience. And you find out what's resonating the most by adding one field to your website forms, the conversion form, so your book a demo, book a meeting, add how did you hear about us, make it required and make it a free text field. Do not add any dropdowns because that will influence what people select. A lot of times people you know, will get lazy and they'll just pick whatever one from the random list that you have on that, that you've listed on your website. Maybe there's some that are that they heard about you and it's not listed on your dropdown. By making it a free text field, then you are able to put the power in the user's hands and then they can let you know exactly how they heard of you. Because I'll give you one example. My business, I, I publish multiple podcasts every single week. And on my lead reports, when I get them each week, when I look at my marketing software, when I look at maybe HubSpot or Google Analytics, the reports are telling me that Google search sent me leads to my site. So when a lead comes to my site and they're filling out that form, I'm getting on those marketing reports that Google organic search sent those visitors. And that's where I should technically invest more of my money. But on the how did you hear about us field, the users are overwhelmingly over 80% of the users that come to my website and submit a form are hearing about my company and hearing about me through the podcast. And so if I were to just listen to the attribution reports that big, you know, marketing tech software firms send me, then what I would do I would probably cut out the podcast altogether and then I would double down on Google search ads. But knowing that I have this information and I'm getting direct customer feedback, that's another instance where you have a situation where you're getting that clear answer from your customer. It's vastly different than what the hub, when you know some of these marketing software companies are going to tell you. And you're going to make the right investments because that's directly what your customers are telling you. So you use both, but you prioritize what is moving the needle by taking direct feedback from your customers. So that was missing on the overwhelming majority of forms that I've seen, especially in the entire industry. If you, I, There was one example where I saw that they did have this, but it was a dropdown where you had to select you know, Instagram or LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, some of these other social media platforms. And that's fine, but it's not going to give you the real raw data that you're really going to use to make real business decisions about what's moving the needle. So a few other things that I want to get into really quick, you know, before we bring on our first guest with Jill, a few other cool things I saw. 
Um, consider making it stupid easy for users to get to your website and then funnel those leads. A good example for this is Convoy, which is really stepped up. Side side note, we really stepped up their graphic design game. I, I talked to them over at the, the Freightways conference earlier this year, and they said that they have several graphic designers on staff, and you can tell in a lot of their branding. But if you're looking at this page, and it's a contact us page, you're going to fill out, you're going to choose whether you're a shipper, a carrier, or a broker. And what I like about this is that you're funneling whoever is trying to reach out to contact your company, you're funneling those leads into the appropriate source. Or maybe it's not a lead. Maybe it's it's, it's a, another example. You know, freight tech space um, is not a lead. Maybe it's a, a, someone just reaching out for customer service, um, some other kind of need. But at least this way, you are funneling those leads and those customer inquiries into the right place. Another one that I want to give a shout out to is Flexport. They have their blog and their social media strategy is great. They recently released, uh, released like a top uh, 55 like supply chain influencers to follow and what this does is that this helps kind of stroke the ego a little bit of some of the other influencers in the space. So a lot of those influencers see this, they, you know, they, they get really happy, they get really proud, and then they share that with their audience. And so using a strategy like this, really anyone in this industry can do this by creating a top, you know, maybe a 10 drivers to follow or to subscribe to on YouTube or a top 20 shippers to follow on LinkedIn. This is a similar strategy that anyone can replicate. And what it does is it brings awareness, it brings eyeballs to your brand and your solution. So that's another really good one in order to, to you know, I guess, pay attention to or maybe implement into your strategy. And then another one, is truckstop.com. As soon as you arrive to their, their website, they kind of punch you in the face like right away with their pricing. And so at truckstop.com, they're letting you know right away, like this is our pricing. And if you want to continue learning more about us, then let's do it. But here is where we're... This is where we stand. Now, 3PLs and carriers, you can't do this unless you're, I guess, a tech-enabled 3PL. But on the flip side, if you're a service provider, if you're a solution provider, then this is a great way to put your pricing front and center so you're not wasting your time getting on meetings with people who can't afford your solution. Now, all of that to say is that as a one-person marketer, how can you use this information? Well, the first one is the book a meeting function should be prominent and you should audit that flow regularly to make sure that those visitors are not only arriving to your site, but then they're being followed up with should they answer that or should they fill out a form in order to get in contact with you. That's where a lot of gaps... It sounds like an easy thing to, to, to make sure that it works right, but you have to audit this on a regular basis to make sure that those leads are being followed up with. And then uh, for God's sakes... Add the how did you hear about us to your forms. It is single-handedly the most important investment you can make in your website. It can be done in as little as an hour, probably less than that. And it can be done for under 100 bucks. It shouldn't cost more than that. Your branding at Hirschbach is, I would say, the best that I've seen in the industry. It's the sort of a modern, like graffiti style. Yes. Like, a, t Tell us a little bit about how that brand was uh, born. Awesome. Yes, we, we love our graffiti. <laughs> and, and you hit it right right on the head. We do, uh, it is a very graffiti-inspired brand. And it has an interesting backstory. Um, our owners, Brad and Jelaine Pinchuk, um, they are incredible people. I, I'm going to tell you, I love working for this company because I love them. And Jelaine is an, an artist. 
and that's what she has done oh, wow. for her life. And she's been very involved in community arts programs. And when they moved to Dubuque, so our our company headquarters, I'm going to take you back here. Let's do it. <laughs> We're going to take you back. Time. Our company headquarters actually started in South Sioux City, Nebraska. And uh, eventually it moved in the 2000s over to Dubuque, Iowa. And so part of them moving over there and becoming part of the community, Jelaine got involved in the community arts programs. And they do this very cool event every year. It's called Art Splash. And they asked if they could bring some trailers in. If you've ever been to Dubuque, Iowa, there are murals all over the buildings in oh, the wow. downtown area. Absolutely gorgeous. Very big on um, promoting their local and artistic community. Love it. It's an eccentric little town, and I, I really dig the vibe over there. But they brought in graffiti artists to do these things. And they asked if they could take some of our old trailers and do graffiti art on them, kind of like how you see on rail cars. And so it was so inspiring and it looked so good that our owner, Brad, wanted more graffiti trailers. And so we did, we did more graffiti trailers. I think we had up to uh, 10 at one point that were hand painted with graffiti art on the sides. And then eventually he said, I want, our branding to be graffiti. And I had started not long after this, uh, before this conversation happened. And I said, huh? <laughs> I said, graffiti, what? And so at first I, I was a little like, I don't know how this happens. But we worked with this uh, fantastic company based out of Dubuque called Gigantic. And they were able to kind of see what the main graffiti artists we were working with um, had developed pulled some inspiration from that, and that's how they created our initial branding. And we've just gone with it from there. And it has been the coolest project to work on and just kind of keeping developing this, turning it into art that if you look at our trucks, it actually goes, the art goes from the trucks onto the trailers. It's one cohesive piece of art and it looks absolutely fantastic out on the road. That that's what was one of the first things that blew me away, especially because you, you also tie it into your website and yes. all your social media, and, and I'll get into that for, for a sec, in, in just a second, but let's get a little bit of background on, on you, how you yeah. got into the transportation world. You went to UF, which <laughs> is right, did. you know, a hop, skip, and a jump yes. from here in Orlando. Um, give us a little background on, on your career and how you got started in transportation. So I, uh, I, I'm a Florida girl, born and raised, not just down the road, in Lakeland, oh, wow. Florida, actually, and I went Went to Gainesville to attend the University of Florida, stuck around for a while. Um, I, my background before joining trucking was actually a lot of government and um, education. So I worked for the University of Florida, then I, I came to, I met my husband, he is a native Iowan. <laughs> and we lived in Florida for a while, but he convinced me to go. I was going to say, there's a lot of deep sides here. <laughs> he convinced me to go to Iowa. And as much as my Florida heart misses Florida, um, I will say the most fantastic thing that came out of the move was getting the job with Hirschbach. Mm. So when I first moved up there, I worked for the school district and um, I was not satisfied. Uh, and I, I met our chief. She's now our chief people officer. And she said, what do you do? And we were talking about it, and she goes, I could use your skills, and I really would like for you to come to Hirschback, come check us out. So they had just decided to open a position for a marketing person. They'd never had a marketing, oh, wow. a true marketing team before. And I applied, and they said, You're hired. And so I started learning about trucking. <laughs> I had a little bit of knowledge 
uh, in the past from managing a feed store. So really just like on the shipping and receiving side of things. So that was my first foray into really learning about the trucking business. And thank God for good driver relationships and for people with a lot of fantastic knowledge in the industry. I've just been like a little sponge absorbing things and learning. And I started working with our recruiting team. That's how we had to prove to management it was worth having marketing person. Yes. And what could I bring to the table to help the company? And they said, let's start with recruiting. Let's see what we can do. And we've done, we implemented some amazing things and that have really been beneficial for the marketing and advertising for recruiting. And then I've taken on a lot of, of projects. I've taken on a lot of new roles within the company. And so now um, my job is servicing the entire company as a marketing person, not just the recruiting team. And so what, what does, I guess, sort of the landscape of, of Hirschbach look like? How, how many trucks, drivers, you know, that, that yeah. what is the size of the company? Uh, so Hirschbach itself is, uh, we're, we're pretty large and we're still growing. We're at uh, 2,500 trucks, like just um, within Hirschbach. We're right at 2,000, sorry, I should say. And um, we have local, we have dedicated, which is a regional base. And then we have over the road, we're refrigerated carrier. We, in the last year, we have acquired two companies, Lessers and JCT, John Krishner Trucking. Oh, wow. yeah. Uh, Lessers was absorbed into Hirschback and um, JCT is still running separately. So it has its own uh, company going on with some big assets over there as well. And we have, oh gosh, I want to say seven terminals wow. throughout the nation. I'd have to count them off on my fingers <laughs> to remember every single one of them. But we now have a terminal in, uh, in Dover, Florida, so right down the road here. Um, we have uh, some great spots like in the Midwest, Kansas City, Joliet, Illinois. Our main headquarters is based out of Dubuque. And the recruiting team is based out of Sioux City, Iowa. And so we've really grown exponentially since I worked here. When I first started, we were at about 700 trucks. And, and that's just in five years. So oh, wow. I've been with the company just under five years. So in August, it'll be five. And we've grown a lot and a lot of amazing things happening. I want to say our trucks are full. So we're including our local division. I think we're at 2,500. And then uh, staff, we've got oh, 350 to 500, oh somewhere gosh. in there. It's kind of spread out. We have staff at all of our terminal locations. And so with your, your, your five years experience, especially, you know, over the last couple of years, which has just mm -hmm. been insane. So how have you managed, I guess, your marketing responsibilities? How, how has that evolved from when you first started to what you're doing now? It is, uh, oh, wow. So at, at first it was a lot of just, well, let's try this and let's try this. And, and there wasn't a lot of, uh, I want to say like reporting. There wasn't a lot of hey, this is our goal and this is what we need to have set. And so we really have had that evolution of um, being responsible for our ROIs and what are the things that are working. And it's, yeah, there's just been a lot of, I'm trying to think of all the things. It's kind of like, it's kind of crazy, but we have really, it's grown a lot. And just putting all those things in place just to kind of continue to say, wow, we've gone from here to here, and this is what we're continuing to do each month. Did we hit what we were looking to do? What are those goals? And how do we continue to take it to the next level? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, and I know our company is not the kind that just sits back and says, hey, it's working great right now. Let's keep it. No. So we, you want to keep pushing. Yeah. What, what does, I guess, sort of the what does your marketing landscape look like? Are you focused on the website, email campaigns, social, kind of all of the above? All of like, the what above. is that? <laughs> all of the above. Um, and 
you know, I've seen it a lot in, in the trucking industry. You know, marketers, we wear a lot of hats. And, um, and we're, we're pretty good at, at getting a lot of things accomplished with a very small team. And so for me, <laughs> we're, we hear, I hear a lot of, I'm a team of one. I'm a yes. team of two to three. The one-person marketer. Yes. And so a, we all have those days where we say, okay, which are the balls that we have to juggle mm. right now? And which ones can kind of sit there for a few minutes and then we'll come back to them. Uh, so yes, making sure that the content on the website is up to date and it's refreshed and we are still working on building out more content to it. And, but also, um, those, we have a lot of those things in place with the email automations mm -hmm. and, and our advertising is grow is doing really well. So we just kind of pay attention to it, make tweaks. It's something we do on a monthly basis. Uh, but it, it just varies on what, what's hot at the moment. And it, do we have an acquisition coming up or, or did something change? So it kind of shifts mm -hmm. with the wind a little bit. Is uh, it just you on the marketing teams? It do is. You, do you, I guess, utilize maybe like outsourcing help or agency we do. help? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, I, I mentioned gigantic. Uh, so if we're, if we're coming up to something, I'm kind of the in-house uh, graphic designer uh, as well as the marketer. And if it's something that I've just got a lot going on and we need big production on things, I, I will push that off. So we do have a lot of creative help in that capacity. We have a wonderful AV person who just joined the team within the last year. And he audio has video, right? audio video. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, we do a lot of video production. Really? A lot. Um, we, this is one of my big things that I love. We started a podcast and um, it got the attention of the executives and they said, we really like this. We like what you're doing. Show us more. And now they have taken the podcast no and way. they're running with it. All right. Let's, let's talk about that because that's what, uh, that's my bread and butter. Yeah. I love podcasting. Um, so, so tell me, how did you, why did you start the podcast? <laughs> I just had a moment. I stood, I stood, I'm telling you, my world is hilarious sometimes. I stood up one day, I looked at our chief people officer, and I just said, I'm putting this out there in the world. I feel very strongly that we need to do a podcast. And I feel like we, I have something to say. I feel like I can be the, I can provide a platform to give people the opportunity to say things that they want to say. And I think that other people would like to hear that. And when you stop and think about it at the time when we started it, a lot of people weren't doing podcasting with trucking. And when you're trying to reach drivers, especially, they spend a lot of time where they can just listen and they don't necessarily want to watch a video. They want to listen to the content. And so I said, this is just an opportunity where we can speak to them and, and we can just share the good things that are going on in trucking, the good things that are going on at Hirschback. And it, it gave an opportunity for this person who would never connect with that person and hear what those people do, hear how they feel, give their words of wisdom. And I just felt very strongly we needed to do it. And so they said, okay, run with it. And we launched it, we did it. And I got a little overwhelmed because it's just marketing. So when the president was like, yes, we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to take this on. Mm -hmm. And so the executives started doing a weekly podcast wow. and they are, um, they, it's an amazing tool. It goes on both like the podcast platform as well as um, a video content for them. So we, we take the audio, we put it on the podcast, but then we have video content available. So did it start out with like driver interviews or, yes. uh, you know, interviews within the company? How did yes. you sort of structure the, those initial conversations? Uh, when, when we first started, I said, okay, what are the hot topics? Who do people want to hear from most? What's the content we really want to get out there? 
uh, that I just wish somebody were able to talk to this person for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And those were the ones we started with. And so a lot of it was starting internally, talking to people within like the management team, and then uh, starting to talk to some of our drivers, especially our experienced ones who have those really good pearls of wisdom. We, we have a driver, he's one of my favorite interviews. His name is Keith Allison. He's been with the company for 20 years, but his experience is so like, oh gosh, like 35 years in oh, the wow. industry. Like, and he is like the biggest safety guru out there. And if you just stop and listen to him, like the, the pearls that he's dropping of wisdom are just incredible. And so we started talking with our drivers so that we could share that their input as well. And uh, then I started talking to a few people outside of our company just who um, who had good content the drivers would be interested in. Um, we talked to ATBS and um, to learn more about like services and ways that drivers could benefit from uh, using a tax service for those who are independent contractors or owner operators. So it was just a ways to kind of share some of our... Out of here. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you gotta love Florida with the bugs. Yeah, so just ways to share information. And, and now it's really kind of turned into like state of the business and um, what are the things that are happening hmm. within the company. And so now the, the executive team just, so you didn't have to go through like the, I guess, jumping through the hoops of trying to convince the executive team that this was a smart thing. You just did it. We just kind of did and it. And they said, we love it yeah. and started handling it themselves. Yeah, it, it kind of started as a as more of a marketing a tool in a sense, just to kind of connect with drivers. And then they just really loved it. Uh, I started having a few guests like jump on and uh, that were within the office. So kind of like a co-host kind of situation. And they heard one of those and they were just like, this is great. Like, <laughs> let's, let's talk. And they've just kind of run with it. And we're actually, we're going to bring it back um, from a different side. So now that that's really going with the updates, um, the model was a bit of a hybrid originally where it was updates plus content. Hmm. Um, now we're going to tell the stories. Like we just want to get to know people and, and hear the stories, um, and what people have to say. And I, I just love listening to like the true crime. Yes. <laughs> podcast. And so I just love building stories and hearing more. And that's, we're going to, we're going to add on to that. I love that approach because I, every time I watch one of those shows, especially when you're staying at a hotel, cause I, I, I watch more TV than I ever have. And I yeah. watch those types of channels, yes. like those true crime shows here more than anything <laughs> yeah. at a hotel. And I, it's always involving <laughs> some kind of truck. Like somebody's body is getting shoved into a truck or drugs or whatever. Yes. It's, it's just fascinating how many stories yes. that you can tell within trucking. I mean, not obviously the bad, but you can also tell the good stories too, which I'm sure is what you might focus yes, on. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't want to get into the true crime stuff. But <laughs> probably but best to avoid that. Yes. 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 Uh, we try try not to show up in those commercials. <laughs> so how are you how are you filming these? Is is it directly all in the office? Uh, yes. So we've we've actually set up a studio in the corporate office with, um, and it's it's really cool. They've got the whole uh, room padded down so that it's like the acoustics are better. It's got a green screen behind it so they can kind of put what they want up there, and um, wow. the executive team can just kind of go in and sit and talk. Our AV uh, guy. He's got it set up with the mics and the cameras, and he just kind of cranks out the content. We do live stream um, during the actual conversation, and then we turn around and produce it um, after the fact to put it on other platforms. But, and so where are you live streaming it at? I, I'm at YouTube. YouTube, yeah. And so it's all YouTube. Yeah. 
and then from there you're taking it, you're putting it on the podcast, you're putting mm-hmm. it out on social media. Talk a little bit about what that distribution plan looks like. Is it putting the whole episode out there? Is it maybe putting you know clips of the episode? Um, what does that look like? It, it is actually the full episode that goes out. Um, we are, that is one of the areas I want to take it for the next level. Um, as a team of one, sometimes you get spread a little thin, but yes. just using those clips of content and uh, turning around, making it bite-sized pieces that you can share out on social media platforms uh, is is one of the places we want to go for sure. Uh, but we do share the full episode. So it live streams the whole thing on YouTube. And then after the fact, we the full episode goes out. We share it on social media. We have a lot of groups on Facebook that are for our drivers and they're very active. And so those will hit the groups. And then we have a mobile app for our drivers as well. So it it automatically hits the playlist on the mobile app as soon as he produces it. And um, so yeah, those are the places where it goes. And so whenever you are, you know, thinking about social media and the, mm-hmm. and the things you want to do in the future, where are you guys currently active at and where are you finding the most success? So interesting topic. Yes. Uh, Facebook is huge. Uh, I think that's in trucking in general. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of drivers on Facebook. There's a lot of companies on Facebook. So Facebook is big for us. Um, we do uh, quite a bit on on YouTube now that we have somebody who can kind of help manage that content. So we're, we're pretty active on YouTube. We have a presence on Instagram. Um, LinkedIn is growing for us. And then uh, TikTok, TikTok's the big guy. And uh, we've, but we, we try to have fun content. We try to come up with some really great things that are going to catch people's attention. And, and that has been an interesting, oh, I, Give us a couple examples of, of, of the TikTok because you're the second person now on this, on, on this interview that's talked about growing the TikTok account. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. It, I, I joke about that it's kind of like the bane of my existence because in order to really produce good content, you need to know what's trending. You need to know what the good content is. And you can sit on it for hours. And I'm like, I have so many other things I need to be working on. And But it just, it's great. It's great. And so it bites, you in. Yes. And you're just like, just one more. <laughs> <laughs> you give yourself time limits and then you yes. never abide no, by them. No, <laughs> no. And it's like, oh, well, I went over one more. So, but we, um, and the funny thing is, is you can make something really, really great and you think it's hilarious and it just doesn't get a lot of like views. And then if you hop on one of those trending sounds, it, it blows up and it's incredible. And, uh, one of the people who helps me with the TikTok, um, she is, is part of my team, but she manages, we have a company store and she's right in the thick of where our fleet is. And so she helps a lot with the content management and creation on TikTok. And she'll say, oh gosh, there, there's negative comments. I'm like, you know what though? It's, it's helping us trend and, and we can respond back in a really positive way. But back to your question about some good content and some, some things that have really blown up. We actually have a mascot. His, we... <laughs> We call him Fireball, and he's like a flaming dragon. And him, don't ask where it came from, but he's he's so cool. And so he'll go out and do TikTok dances, and and those have have done very well, as well as ones that um, where we're showing kind of uh, the contrast between past and present. So kind of just hopping on any of those TikTok trends, and then there is there is one that is on there. And I'm, I would actually almost want to show you the video itself. It has, it just blew up and it is 
I simply was driving down the access road and I was like, oh, there's one of our charcoal trucks. And the charcoal color is my absolute favorite. Um, that was the one when we picked the fleet colors, I was like, please charcoal. I love it. It's gorgeous. And I saw it sitting there and we had our little flags like waving in front of it. And so I'm driving <laughs> by with my phone and I just filmed the truck and I, I put it with, um, this trending sound and we've gotten so many views <laughs> and so many comments from it. And it's been incredible. And, um, and so TikTok really is, it's, it, it's up and coming for that area for advertising purposes, obviously. But it's also just a place to kind of engage and have a little bit of fun and not take yourself too seriously. I think so. that you, you hit the nail on the head because TikTok for me, I either laugh or I learn yes. every time I'm on the platform. Yes. Even if it takes hours of my day, yes. every single day, it still is giving me value versus other social media platforms, which don't technically give me that same value. Yes. And now when you had mentioned earlier about Facebook, because Facebook for me is just one of those we talk about TikTok and how you yeah. know that's the growth of that platform and how everybody is you know gravitating towards that one. But then you think about Facebook and Facebook for me is something I just don't put any effort in anymore. Right. But you mentioned that you have several drivers that or several mm -hmm. driver groups that are very active. Yeah. Where are you still finding the value in Facebook? It there it's still they're still there. The mm -hmm. drivers are still there. I don't know if it's that age demographic that they're paying attention, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of it has to do with the groups. Groups are very, very active on Facebook and it gives the drivers a place to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And, and that is why Facebook still has a lot of value is because they're there. Um, and they, it's a place where they're coming to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And so while they're there, they're looking and they'll stumble across, they'll see the ads, it is incredible the amount of advertising that goes on on Facebook. We've all seen it where we talk about something and then the next thing you know, it's creepy hour. It is spying on us. And you know, for some of the people in trucking, I feel almost bad. I scroll through mine. Uh, I have a work profile and it is literally just advertisement after advertisement after advertisement in trucking. It is incredible the amount of advertising that goes on for trucking on Facebook. Are you handling those ads or do you, is that something that an agency probably maybe takes care of? Um, the majority of our Facebook advertising is through an agency. Um, we do a little bit in-house for some of the, our other things, but um, yeah. It's just a whole different beast. It that is. I, I've tried to tackle myself and it failed and fall, you know, fell flat on my face. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Facebook advertising wasted a lot of money. Oh, um, yeah. Just because you didn't know the nuances of it, yeah. and but it forced me to to learn. Yes. When you lose money, it forces you to learn. <laughs> and it's it's a competitive space. Oh gosh, it's competitive, but it's it's a place to, to make contact with drivers and, um, you know, LinkedIn is up and growing. Like it really is. And, uh, I'm guilty of not being good at managing my own profile, my personal profile. Uh, I, I think as a lot of marketers, we just, we get, we get a little overwhelmed with social media sometimes. Yes. And for ourselves personally, we're like, no, I just don't want to engage right. anymore. But it, it's a fantastic platform. Yes. It's really grown a lot. And so um, making our presence a little bit better, a little bit bigger, um, tweaking it. Are you from the company side yeah, or the both. personal side or both? Both, yeah. both, yeah. Uh, I've found it's 
especially with some of the things, the changes, the growth we've had at Hirschback, it's a great way for me to connect on a personal level. So that's where we connected. Yeah, on, yeah on absolutely. LinkedIn. absolutely. Um, and so when you're, you're thinking about these different platforms and where you want to spend your time and energy, where are you prioritizing? Is, is it kind of just everywhere or you want to really hone in on one or two platforms? Yeah. What does that look like for you? So at, at first we were very like, oh, we got to hit all of them. And it, that is just not that's not effective. And so I have reduced it to, we, we spend the most of our, our time and effort on Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. And then uh, our Instagram is kind of a, it's there. It's, it's just something so people can continue to see us. It's there. We, we utilize the content we've created for other platforms on it and, uh, and tweak it a little bit. So it's Instagram, but we focus on those Mm -hmm. on Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok right now. So let's let's pick back up right where you were mentioning the different social media platforms of, mm-hmm. of the ones you like to fa- focus on. So mm-hmm. it's Facebook, it's it's LinkedIn, and it's TikTok. And so not so much Instagram, but what about some of the other channels? Are you doing email marketing? Oh, Are yeah, you, you absolutely. Know, funneling people to your website? What, what does that other part of your marketing plan look like? Absolutely. We do a lot of, um, that was a big one that I took on when I came on board was actually remarketing. Um, and we do a lot of that through email and text messaging. And we oh, text messaging. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah. It's actually a great way for recruiting. Really? Don't want to give away all of our secrets. Sure. Don't want to give away all of the secrets. Our recruiting team might be like, Bianca, seriously. Um, but we, uh, email marketing was a, was a big platform for us when, when I came on board and, uh, we've really grown that we've got it kind of going and, and, and that's great with our rebrand on our website. We, we do funnel a lot of traffic there as well. And then like a lot of other, uh, carriers, we do, we do a lot of, um, advertising through third party, um, vendors. So we, we have that mix, but from the marketing side of things, yep. Email text messaging, those are big ones for us along with the social media. Is the primary goal for all of your marketing is, is recruiting. Is that safe to say? That is, uh, the biggest piece of the pie. We do, um, we do want to focus for our customers as well. And so, um, and then also the people side, um, you know, we, every company, yes, every company needs great talent. And so getting the story out there so people can see like what, what sets Hirschback apart. And we have a, we have a tagline you'll see a lot that says not your typical trucking company. And we, we own it. We love it. We are not your typical trucking company, but why aren't we your typical trucking company? And so we like to tell those stories, get the word out there. We've, we've started a series of videos where we're talking to drivers and we're talking to staff, we're talking to diesel tech so that people who are looking to possibly want to join Hirschback can see it from the inside. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And so you're using a lot. Is that one person like AV guy? I know. <laughs> I all know. Of this? Uh, he loves it when I'm like, Hey Tom, <laughs> <laughs> I got another one for you. Um, we, we team up a lot and, um, I, we, we work together. We partner together to kind of funnel in some people to talk to. And we, we set it up and we say, Hey, um, we'd really love for you while you're here to sit down and have an interview with us. Um, we're going to shoot some B roll with you. And, and we, they're short little pieces. They're, they're little clips, and, but we can cross utilize obviously for advertising purposes and just content, being able to put out content. Gosh, in marketing, it's all content, 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 content creation. Drill it into our heads. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, it's great for us. And plus it helps show from the people side. So we've got 
Drivers is huge uh, for for us because we're a carrier, we're asset based. You know, we we need drivers, so that's a huge piece of our puzzle when it comes to marketing. And then we have our our customer side, and then we have the people side. And so, from your earlier when we were talking, so driver recruiting is a, a big part of yeah. your role. But then you're also very close with the drivers themselves. Mm-hmm. Are you seeking them out, or are they kind of are you seeking them out for interviews, or are <laughs> they kind of just calling and checking in to see you know yeah. how you're doing? How does how do you develop those driver relationships? Well, in social media comes into that. Mm-hmm. So um, I through social media I've developed like my persona online, I, and it's me. It's, you know, I'm Bianca but I interact a lot in those Facebook groups that I mentioned and answering questions for drivers. I'm just a resource for them. So they can say, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who to talk to. Just people will say, just reach out to Bianca. She'll point you in the right direction. And, and I've developed relationships with people so that they know that if um, they can rely on me to get the information, even if I don't know it, it's not my area, I will find the person who can help make that happen. And so it's just developing those relationships with them predominantly through social media. And then we actually have, you know, we all wear multiple hats. I'm one of the event planners for the company (laughs) and we have a huge event every year. It is my favorite yeah, it's my favorite time of the year. My second is Driver Appreciation Week. I love Driver Appreciation Week, but uh, we do a best of the best banquet, and it is my favorite time of the year. We honor our top tier drivers, and we bring them in, put them up in a hotel for the night so that they can get off the road, get in, clean up, and come down and party with us, and we celebrate them. It's all about them. And we have a, a dinner, we have an award ceremony, oh, awesome. we have like entertainment, we have all kinds of things going on. And through that, um, I have also developed relationships, you know, especially for people who've been with us for multiple years. You know, I help organize them coming in, getting their hotel rooms, the event, the night that's happening. And so through that, you just naturally start developing these relationships. And, I, you know, they're text messaging me, they're sending me mail. Uh, messages through Facebook. They're sending me emails and they're like, can't wait to see you. And they're like, Hey, Hey, do you have this? You know, we'll, we'll see you on Thursday. And it's just, it's an amazing thing just to kind of connect and, and know that, you know, people know you and you know them and it just makes it so much more personal. It's not just uh, and know. that's such a big part of retention because yes. everybody talks about you know, driver shortage, which it's really about retention and yeah. keeping those good drivers and then still using their stories to recruit other yes. better drivers maybe. Um, so how do you, I guess, sort of tie it back with marketing? It's always the ROI question. What of does course. ROI look like for, for you at Hirschback? Well, ROI uh, is, a, is a number of things for, <laughs> for me in my area, um, but Obviously, um, are we, we, we have a lot of metrics on the recruiting side. Like, are we hitting, um, are we having the call volume that we need? Are we getting the app levels that we need? Um, and then, you know, are those things converting into full on applications? That's the recruiting side of things. Um, on the people side as well, um, we do advertising for that. And are we getting the applications that we need? Do we have the talent pool coming in? Are we hitting the right areas? Do people, do people see us? And, um, and so those are all metrics that we can measure, obviously. And then, um, you know, we, we look at the things like, um, 
the hits that we're getting to the website, uh, the new visitors, you know, are we getting new traffic? And so we look at all the typical things that people look at and we say, we can boil it down and say, yes, it's working or it's not working. <laughs> like, uh, it, it, it's pretty quick that we can figure out if it's not working. Um, but we, we definitely watch our numbers. And so when you're, you're doing all of the things and you're wearing all of the hats, is there anything in marketing that you want to do more of that you haven't done yet? Oh gosh. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always more. And, um, gosh, I'm trying to think we're, I mean, it can sound like you, do, you have podcasts, YouTube, like TikTok, like you're hitting all of the big things. Uh, yes, yes. Well, obviously for me, um, growing our TikTok out even more, um, one of the hard parts is that it takes time to create. And so trying to get a team of people to kind of help um, with managing, creating the content, developing good content, and then getting it to where we're generating more and more and in advance. <laughs> those, are the, those are the important things. So what does, I guess, sort of the, the, the typical day, because you've been at Magnum for, for how long? Now? Under three years. Okay. Just shy of three years. So you've had a little bit of a chance to, yes. to get to know that terminology yes. and sort of get acquainted. And I the... learn something new every day. And that's why I love my job, because I literally learn something new every day that is so out there. Um, so we are made up of five different divisions. Mm -hmm. And so transportation isn't all of them, but we have supply chain networks. So we have our warehouse and logistics sides as well. So getting to know the transportation industry has been a struggle, but it's been super fun just because it's something new to learn every day, like I said, and I think that everybody can learn something. So our marketing department was did not exist before I got there. So it has been my baby mm -hmm. and I have groomed it and made it where it is today. And I tell people, they often ask me, where are you at now in the marketing world? And I say, um, I, we've moved on to the toddler stage. We were a baby at first, and now that our brand has gotten exposed and we are out there, we are now in the toddler stage of chasing everything that is possible, and now we are roping it in to move on to little kid kindergarten stage. <laughs> so, so tell me a little, what was uh, the first thing you tackled when you joined the company? Honestly, finding our logo. Mm. Our logo was... Um, with the company that had our business cards and I had to track it down and get it started from square one. <laughs> In all honesty, that's where it was. Um, brand awareness was yeah. my first push. Mm -hmm. I um, pushed it out to where it needs to be and where it's at today, getting people exposed and to let them know who we are. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite is, is we're the big blue, pretty brand new trucks is how we reference ourselves. We take pride in our equipment pride in our employees. Um, everything is about making them happy and making them comfortable. And so with marketing, we just push that. Um, What's the relative size, I guess, of Magnum? How many drivers do you guys have? Yep. So All we currently have over 1,500 employees. Oh, wow. Yep. And so we have over 800 chapters, I believe it is. They're growing and counting every day. That's we a add lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, our, something we take pride in, obviously, is our equipment and nothing is over four years old oh, wow. um, from the tractor side. So we are, um, we know that our drivers are number one and putting them in new equipment is important to us and important to them. We want them and to I was about feel, to say, that's probably a good selling point for them. Yeah. It's, yes. From the recruitment side, it is a huge bonus, um, to letting them know that they can be in a brand new truck or something very close. 
So you, you, you tackled the logo, you started getting the brand out there. What are some other uh, challenges that, that you've overcome in those first few years of, of the marketing role? Um, communication and education. So education, not necessarily who we are as a brand, but education of to just our employees of everything that's going on. Um, in location in over 27 terminals oh, wow. and 10 states for our LTL dedicated and truckload side, that's a challenge. Mm. From Denver to Chicago to Kansas City and north, um, we struggle making sure that no matter if our terminal has seven employees or 237 employees, we want to make sure that they know everything that's going on in the company. We want them to feel important. We want them to make them feel at home. We want them to know they are being paid well. Mm. And we just need to communicate and educate to them that we are changing, we're growing, but we're never going to be too big to make you a number and not part of the family. I love that approach. So, so how are you, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your marketing strategy mm-hmm. overall. Is it just you within the company no. or you have a team? I have a You're team You're one of the now. rare people that have a team in, yes, in transportation. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's taken like the last year to grow. I started with an intern, realized that an intern was not enough. So then we, she became full-time. And then with that full-time, I decided I needed another intern. And so every year I grow with an intern and know that one intern is not enough and we need to, and they blossom so well that we need to continue to grow our team. And I want, I need to pursue another person. I think that there's um, so much potential out there. Something I firmly believe in is with our size, we can internally support ourselves and do the work ourselves. We have learned our lessons about external sources and they haven't worked out for us, but knowing that we have an internal um, capabilities of hiring inside the company um, has helped us grow a lot. And knowing that we take on those challenges and bring them internally and fail, but or succeed, has helped us a ton because I, I that's one of the bigger I think issues with outsourcing is that mm-hmm. the sometimes the quality just isn't there and, communication and, I would say definitely. and you can't really train you, you can't really train somebody that's a, a freelancer because Correct. there's no guarantee that they're actually right. going to want to learn right. how to do this for you we are super unique in the way that we have five different divisions and to tell that story externally over and over again for an external source hasn't been the best of us Mm. where we just want to, we want to, we want to bring in the younger generation in our company and watch them grow with our company as our company grows. So as we take that and we just want to hire within, um, and that's what I've done to grow my team. Um, I brought in the younger generation to make them grow with us and, I teach them as a leader of the things that I learned when I was in their shoes um, and guide them in the way that there's things you do and there's things you don't do. And so um, they've helped me a ton, but I'm still wanting to grow. (laughs) I have goals of more and more and more just as my boss does. So everything's, it's exciting. Um, And the transportation industry obviously is not going anywhere. Um, If anything, it's going to grow and it's going to develop um, with all the software um, and technology that's coming along with it. So, so how does it, what is the, I guess, sort of the day, the day to day look like for you? Like what are you doing versus your other two employees? What does that structure look like? So my team is made up of three of us currently. So one of them tackles social media, the other tackles graphics, um, and any kind of internal communications we do. And then I handle a lot of advertising. So I do a lot of, um, Google and advertising and SEO, um, manage the website and just kind of keep things going. 
um, events we have. We um, currently need we need more people. <laughs> what I say about the marketing team is we're never done. Our potential is ongoing, and so there's just more and more and more to do. But with the lack of employees that I have on my team, we're at a good standstill mm -hmm. of growing, but there's so much more that we could be doing that is never ending. So where do you think is the most challenging part of marketing and transportation? Is it SEO? Is it social media? Comparatively, I would say social media, but I think my team does a really good job on it. We're really excited about it. I have one of the girls is that's her job and it is somebody's daytime job, day to day job. I mean that they can spend 24 hours a day constantly on there growing, getting to know everything. I mean, we are just um, barely at the top of what can be done. We um, have a lot of exciting campaigns that we want to con consistently do that everybody always suggests to us, but we don't have enough time or the people or just the energy to constantly keep up with it all. So growing, um, I think just like manpower to handle all these things. Um, transportation wise, I think that technology, um, getting everybody on that same board of saying, here's what you can do. Here's what you should be doing. Um, everybody has their own ideas, right? Their own opinions, but I'm a firm believer in social media. Um, I think it's the number one piece of communication. Everybody believes in it. Everybody sees it. It's exposure. Um, it's everything. I, and that's you what you're only... speaking on. Yeah. So you're, you're here at, at TMSA speaking on this, on, on the power of social media yeah. and transportation. Give us a little, a couple of use cases of, of how you found value with social media. Um, growth. I think that getting to know or just our exposure in social media in general has been um, people recognizing who we are. And that's just word of mouth, right? Like I can talk to um, anybody at work that'll just be like, oh yeah, somebody said they saw your TikToks or they saw our TikToks and all of a sudden they reach out to us because they want blah, 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 blah. So I think the power of that just in general has been significant, just... Um, Silly videos. I, I let the girls, I, if there's anything that I tell my team, I say, I don't ever want to see you sitting at your desk. Because if you're sitting at your desk, you're not out in the world being exposing us who we are. You know, there's a time and a place. They go have fun. They do, go do their videos. They go do all this stuff. Um, majority of the time, they're probably not sitting at their desk just because they're out and about doing things. And that's what I want them to do. That's what marketing is. You know, it's funny because we're made up of all of our solid shared services at Magnum and then there's marketing who's never at their desk, <laughs> so, <laughs> which so, is fine. <laughs> well, I imagine that with a lot of, with this industry being old school, that some people are like, oh, well, what's Very the old school method. of this? Yes. Like, how do you yes. answer that question? Yes. I, um, it's hard for me. I do have quite a bit of traction for the recruitment side um, of a lot of numbers of the um, software that we use for that. Um, and we do, I create codes that track a lot of it. Cool. Nobody's to say that they follow through with all those codes. Um, a lot of times somebody will just say something um, or I can validate it majority of the time or we've gotten sales calls over silly things such as our TikTok or Facebook followings or stuff like that. So growing those has been significant, not just for my 
department, but for all the departments. And that's where I get excited over it. You know, with 40 plus thousand followers on Facebook and 20,000 plus on TikTok, it's just like, we're out there. We're 20,000 on TikTok. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's one of the better transportation companies that I've seen. We take pride in it. That's it's exciting. Awesome. <laughs> I, so that's something that as much as someone's like, you have somebody that's just a social media. And I'm like, you don't understand the power of social media. You truly don't because in one of my slides today, I bring up the fact that when you Google your company, the next thing besides your own website is your social media platforms underneath there because that's the power of what Google will do and it pulls everything. It's gonna pull all your social media pages because it's what it's tagging. That's your SEO, you know, it's your website, it's everything. So it, it all ties together. Mm -hmm. Whether you know it or not, Google is creepy and that's how it is. <laughs> we have to embrace the creepiness yeah. with, with Google and social media. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, but you know, it, there's a lot of things that I, I'm a firm believer. I work strictly with Google where the, I let the girls do the social media stuff. But for me, um, understanding all that and teaching people that there's so much more to Google um, in the transportation industry that we are competitive over. Especially on the Google what side, you mean like, like keywords, uh, or, keyword you know, searching, advertising, advertising. You know, what, what is your, I guess, philosophy when it comes to, to those two things? Um, like how do you approach it? So my number one approach is money doesn't always buy everything mm -hmm. from the Google side. Um, it's a strategy that you kind of got to play with and trial and error. You're not going to win every month. Um, but I take pride in that there's different ways to go about it. And I am familiar with them. Um, but learn by doing. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows it perfectly. Google changes their algorithm and their platform daily and you got to keep up with it. And it's scary, but you can do it. Anybody can do it. I mean, you just got to plug and play your stuff to keep going and um, keep up with the trends. And I tell my girls all the time that I want to be better than somebody that's larger than mm -hmm. us. I'm not going to slow down and I'm not going to stop. We just keep going. We just... I want to be better than somebody that has 200,000 followers on Facebook. I, love I just that. want to keep up with them. We are consistent. Um, don't stop. We don't stop. <laughs> and so when you are, when you're, you're thinking about your strategy and what you're doing now and you're laying the groundwork mm -hmm. and you've learned the terminology and you got a couple people working for you already, yeah. how do, what are the, the platforms that, who are the, the people that you follow, the news that you follow in order to, to think about that next step? Mm. Um, I look at competitively like, who is bigger than us. Mm -hmm. I won't name names, but I look at um, larger companies that are have a marketing department of probably 15. Mm -hmm. So our marketing department is separate than our sales. So I never reference them just because sales comes from the five different divisions and they're all separate, but I work with them. Mm -hmm. So I don't, um, they don't tell us what to do. We kind of guide them what to do and help them get out there. So um, a lot of our marketing is recruitment and sales. So we help with recruiting a ton. We help with sales a ton. So um, it's exciting. And I like love to help them because they're a little bit old school. So we help them keep up with everything. But competitive wise, um, I just see what others are doing. But in the end, it's funny because they they follow us and they're seeing what we're doing. So um, I've kind of come to the conclusion now that we're going to keep on keeping on because if they're following us and we're following them, we're probably just going to be continuing to level right. up. I mean, there's just like a never ending, like, oh, they just copied our video or we just copied their video or, you know, just from the TikTok world. But Facebook and all our other platforms, it's just consistency. Um, marketing in general, just 
keep on keeping on, don't slow down and just keep going because you have to. I love There's that you, no slowing down. You, you mentioned Facebook when, with sort of like a, the yin and the yang because TikTok is like the, the new yeah. person on the street and that's the one that you yeah. know everybody wants to sort of jump onto. Yeah. But with Facebook, it's more of like the older school like mm-hmm. platform. How yeah. are you finding success with Facebook Consistency. Hmm. I tell you, um, we advertising and consistency, something that really helped us on the Facebook world of the followers is we about when COVID happened, we had like, we just put out thank a trucker ads. Um, and I went big on them, not necessarily money wise, but just hitting it hard, wanting them to wanting people not to know that we want them, but we care about them. And it wasn't, um, something that we wanted to get anything from except for just people to realize the fact that we care about them. And when you just say, thank a trucker, your demographic goes all over the board. Mm-hmm. But um, interesting enough, and then this is my only stat I'll tell you, but our demographic consistently on Facebook is women 55 and older. Wow. And interesting as it is, that's what it is. And yeah. I associate with maybe some truckers' wives that are wanting to see what we're doing or wanting to keep up and see what the transportation world is up to. And, um, I have a younger generation team and so they kind of keep us in the loop and keep things going. So it's entertaining. And then just coinciding all the platforms together has been huge. Um, knowing who our demographics are in each one and then kind of playing the part out what we put out on each one business related LinkedIn, you know, pictures, we take pride in our pictures for Instagram. I, we do videos on TikTok, you know, and then Facebook is just kind of communication, mm. what we're up to, what they're up to, what the industry's up to, what Magnum's up to. We kind of just play the roundabout circle of what we post. So you're, you're so. targeting those different audiences on all of these per different platform. social media platforms per the demographic mm-hmm. that's on the platform. That's, yeah. where, that's what we echo on this show every single week. And she's yeah. a living example of that. And so you, you had mentioned earlier about how you're working with sales, you're working with recruiting. Mm-hmm. How is that dynamic evolving since you're, you're since you've joined and, and started really hammering home a lot of the, the value of marketing or are, are yeah. they, the sales like sort of receptive or they're yes. going to be receptive? Like how does that dynamic work? Giving them trending, good looking material is important to them. Hmm. Um, and they, I like to call them old school. Don't hate me. I love <laughs> them, all of them, but keeping them up to par with what may others may be doing or hmm. above what others may be doing is my goal for them. I want to provide them material that they can um, expose themselves to out in the world of sales and make them um, be ahead of the game. That's always my goal. I just want to be like ahead of everybody else. And I know that's kind of like aggressive, but that's my approach. I think that, yeah, yeah, it's been working. Um, and making sure we're on top of everything, you know, like I talked about communication and education, making sure that all of these salespeople have everything they need, um, constantly. I mean, whether it's printing off flyers because they love flyers, I don't love flyers, but they love flyers (laughs) and those types of things we just kind of settle where we meet in the middle, mm. right? You know, so providing them a nice color copy of something versus them scanning it or, you know, just simple things like that on the sales side. So from the recruitment side, it's keeping up with advertising that we want to be ahead of the game to provide our golden ticket. Why is Magnum better than the rest of them? Because in the end, that's what the fight is. Mm. The fight is we want the best drivers. We want drivers for longevity. We want them here. Um, not We don't 
we don't provide jobs, we provide careers. And careers are more important because we want people to stay with us for a long time. And we have a lot of drivers that are with us long time. And funny fact that our, they come back to us. Mm. You know what I mean? Some drivers may leave, think that the grass is greener, but um, a lot of people come back within 30 days. Oh, wow. It's huge. So we have found our golden tickets of what we know. It may not necessarily be pay. It may not necessarily be benefits, but it might be equipment to some mm. people. And you need to know what is important to everybody because not everybody's going to be the same. So our recruitment marketing campaigns on that level are finding not necessarily exactly that we pay the best because we may not pay the best. We pay pretty high, but we have really awesome benefits. We have really awesome equipment. We have really awesome driver managers, et cetera. So other jobs besides driving, I mean, we have other lists for that as well, but I mean, um, kind of just finding that niche for every person and, um, realizing that, like I said, we treat them as a family and not just a number. Um, that's our number one goal. We are privately owned and that's always been important. We're never too large enough to make you a number. Is there any part of marketing that you haven't done yet, but you want to do? Yes. Um, more photography and videography. I take so much, I came from the retail side. I came from the marketing that photography and videography was so important. And I take pride in that because I think that pictures are worth a thousand words and they show so much. Um, I talk about it in my presentation today, but my first year I started, everything was like equipment, equipment, equipment. And we took so many pictures of the equipment. But what is a piece of equipment without the person behind the wheel? Yes. What is the piece of equipment that's not somebody in the shop main with maintenance? So my second year, I did a photo shoot with all employees. We did all employees hands on deck of whether you're behind a desk, behind the wheel, underneath the trailer, whatever you're doing, applying the decals, whatever it be, that's important because you know what it's putting you into the perspective of you're doing that job and for the recruitment side that's where you can be you we take you're in a nice new truck you're in a nice new shop you're in a new terminal you're in the office those types of things so um I want to continue doing that and bringing that internally. We did do that externally a couple of years ago, but um, that's my next step of what I firmly believe in because with photography and videography, there's so much more power and with that opens up the door. Um, taking on YouTube is my next um, big thing. TikTok has showed the world that short videos are important. People don't have attention spans. They're not going to read and they're not going to want to watch a video more than 30 seconds. So YouTube introducing YouTube shorts and videos like that of, um, probably not going to get a lot of hits on somebody showing you how to, I don't know, whatever in the shop, you know, for 30 minutes, it's not going to go very far. But if you show them a 30 second clip or a minute clip, that's where my next hard hit for campaigning is on awesome. the marketing side. So you, you had mentioned something that I thought was really powerful is that you incorporate everyone from behind the wheel to behind the desk. Now, how, did, how does that look from a, I guess, a logistics perspective? What are you doing with that material as mm -hmm. soon as you, is it just, is it going in flyers? Is it going in emails, yep. website, all of the above? Yeah. So something I haven't touched on is we do a lot of email campaigns for the recruitment side. Um, and utilizing those pictures to make these people feel that they're in the shoes that we want them to be in. We want them to feel part of our family. We want them to come to our side competitively against every other one. Um, 
it's hard. It's very hard to reach these people, um, but we are doing a pretty good job on it. And I think that it shows another ROI kind of potential that we like to, that I get excited over, even if it's five applications from the email or whatever, you know, it's it to me, just because we're on a list of like 30 other ways that an application came through, I take pride in that. You know what, even if it was one, even if it was one for the week, I did my job because I made an impact on somebody enough for them to follow through filling out the application. Um, we take any of those pictures with the employees, we just blast them. Um, we use them in any form of advertising. Um, and I feel like that's made a huge difference. I mean, you have your, um, when I work with Google, you have your display advertising and then you, I call it text advertising, you know? So what somebody's gonna read when they Google us or what they're gonna see. Um, so. I think that that just makes an impact. The, um, my team and I always say, where where are you gonna use these pictures? Like, make sure you're using this appropriate picture for this appropriate thing. Don't just like throw out an image because you wanna tell a story, right? You wanna make that person feel like they're in that situation, you know, and that goes with subject lines as well and how you talk about things. So um, I learned a lot of that from retail sales actually, which is interesting because they're complete opposites because mm -hmm. I'm not selling anything, but I'm selling you why you should be part of this job. I'm not telling you Bogle 50% off these shoes or, you know what I mean? So it's like a whole different thing, but I take it all in that um, there's a learning curve from this side to, um, from retail. It's been interesting. But. Oh, for sure. I think there's a lot of lessons that, that trickle down, that sometimes it takes years mm -hmm. to trickle down from, from D to C or from, you know, B to C to yeah. over to B to B, which yeah. is technically, I think we're all, you know, just B yeah. to C anyways. I think that yeah. B to B is almost like kind of just convoluted, yeah. but we're all just marketing to people. Yeah. Yes. And so you, you have a specialty and you mentioned earlier that you, you mainly focus on advertising. Mm -hmm. How are you tackling advertising in a, a post privacy world, I guess is the right maybe way to say it with the, all the changes in iOS and you know privacy settings, things like that, how are you tackling that? I just go big. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, in this nature, I don't compare myself to anybody else just because I don't know what anybody else is doing, but I compare myself to what I did last year. Um, how are our numbers looking last year? Um, and with data and analytics, that's super helpful just because my history of where we were a year ago compared to where we are now um, in relevance to recruitment. Um, sales, I don't look as much on just because they're their own people. I support them. I get our name out there for them as sales-wise. I always tell everybody that like, when I do advertising, I'm step one. I may not go into detail about all the advertising or what we're actually selling, but I give them brand awareness and exactly who we are. Mm. I want to sell who we are as a company. That That's my job. It's your job to sell the product. Mm. Um, I'd say that with recruiting. I mean, I'm here to get them in the door. You're here to get them in the door to fill out that application. 100%. I, I want to make them, same with sales. I'm here to maybe present them to make them, right? It takes a person eight times to recognize a name or a company or a logo or a look or trucks. Exactly. Um, and I make sure that they are familiar with who we are as a company and then it's their job is the next step. So I call myself like the broad marketer cause I'm not going to sit there and detail out a job for you with a list of seven things, but I'm, I am going to try and sell you on to get in that door and fill out that application. 100%. Yeah. I feel like I need to say like, amen a hundred yeah. times throughout this conversation. Yeah. Um, a, a couple last Makes questions. Makes my job easier too, by the way. <laughs> a lot easier. We don't have to deal with the like changes because cha you know, whether you, sorry to interrupt you, but whether you 
are moving along, like your pay changes or your um, drug policy changes or your equipment changes or something, I'm going to be as broad as possible. So that way my change doesn't have to happen immediately. Um, and so I can kind of let things ride. I try to be as timeless as possible with a lot of campaigns just because there's so much out there and changing that I just want to be like, hey, we pay or you can guarantee, you know, so. What are your favorite analytics? Like oh. what are the, what are like the most like oh. things that you check and you're like, yes. Like, <laughs> it's really weird just because from the marketing perspective, I came, I come from a graphics background. So I have a degree in graphic design, but like marketing, just those like numbers, like just excite <laughs> me because like it makes me feel that I've done something right. I love, well, like analytics wise, like on Google, I love to see how many people are currently on our site. <laughs> I think that's super fun and exactly <laughs> where they are. Cause I get excited when they're on like our careers page or something like that. Um, unique page views is another one that I'm like, Ooh, new people. <laughs> um, I just like, I, I could sit on our analytics page all day, every day. We have a custom power BI dashboard as well. Um, and to see that graphically is always exciting. And then it's easier to show leadership. Look at the green, yes. <laughs> you know, look at the arrows green, you know, so sometimes, and I will be honest, sometimes it can be red mm -hmm. and that's okay. We're not always going to be at hundred percent perfect. Very we true. know our downtimes of our of seasons of change. Um, we know our uptimes of seasons of change. We know, um, I just want to see it plateauing and growing mm -hmm. green. You know, that, I that, that's just, interesting. What, what, what time is there specific like time of the year that like, it's better for maybe driver recruitment yes. versus really, I, it is definitely a season of, um, I would say probably on the OTR side of like that February, March, April mm -hmm. tends, tends to be lower. Um, fortunately for us, that was not the case this year. Mm. Um, it was, we're growing, um, our job rec numbers are down. So that's exciting. So we, as we grow, we want those numbers to be down because for us, that means that turnover is down and people are, we're filling those positions and people are staying that's exciting for us. You know, there's so many different, like simple excitements, but those numbers are low when we want, when you don't want them to be high. So, um, and fill trucks being low. So having zero obviously is always a goal, but for us with as large of a fleet as we have, I mean, it's gonna happen and you have to accept that. I mean, there's always going to be change. Um, but zero is always a goal, of course, or one or two, but yeah, it's so any form of numbery, simple numbers, right? I call them simple numbers because like for me, that's easier and graphically I can make them look good, you know? So, um, I just love data and analytics, like from, and I have no ROI. Like, I mean, we do in marketing, but you don't at the same right. time. Like for me, I'm like an ROI for me. is like, we got one application today, yes. <laughs> not from all over the board, but How just from the marketing post, side. You know, or, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of companies value too much on the vanity metrics and not the right metrics. Right where it's about conversions at the end right. of the day. Are, are people coming to become a customer? Are they coming to mm -hmm. you know work for your company? Those yeah. are the, the, everything matters after they convert. Yeah, That's and when we have exposure happens. that somebody saw us on TikTok and they really like how we treat our employees um, or the way that we do things, our equipment, that means way more to me. Awesome. You know what I mean? Just because I think that um, those kinds of numbers matter more to me. It's 100%. the authentic, so.
hope you enjoyed that episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast by Digital Dispatch, where we help your company build a better website. And speaking of my company, I founded it back in 2018, but we recently streamlined our website services plans. So if you want to check out how we can help you and your marketing team build a better website and connect those ROI goals, then go visit digitaldispatch.io. You can also check out past episodes of this show and every show by hitting up the resources page on digitaldispatch.io or on everythingislogistics.com. I do some freelance content projects for select clients. And if you liked this show, then you might like some of the other content projects that I've worked on, like Cyberly, Maritime Means, and more. But until next time, I'm Blake Brumley, and I will see you real soon. Go Jags!